it's Sam and Scott from Ship It Studios Premier Wrestling Podcast, Above the Ring. And Sam, let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record their content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio-quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away, and it will sound like you're sitting in the same room. Did you know that it's as easy to use as Zoom, but it gives much higher quality audio and video recordings? Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a platform to put over for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using uh, Riverside.fm. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside.fm. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Above the Ring. I'm your host, Sam, the SLB. Alongside me today, as always, the man behind the Twitter to the other half of this mad operation of ours, Scott. Scott, how are we doing this week? Sam, it's Thursday. You know what that means. It's another time. Another time for another wonderful episode of Above the Ring. A lot of stuff happened this week. So let's get the uh, let's get to it. Yeah. So just to kick things off right now. Um, as we know, Hard to Kill happened this past Saturday. Wonderful pay per view. If you haven't watched Hard to Kill or listened to our post show, please do so. Um, you can find it on all of the streaming platforms we have our podcast on. It is ATR Hard to Kill post show. But this is the fallout. Um, just a reminder for everybody. We got big things coming up. Next week. Next week we will be posting our would you say go home show for the Royal Rumble. Royal Rumble's in ten days, Sam. From this recording. Ten days. It's, it's crazy. It's so soon. <laughs> From Wrestle Kingdom. To hard to kill to the Royal Rumble, all the way to the road to WrestleMania, my friends. We are mm. there already. Um, actually, now we mention it, I believe they said that they're gonna allow fans 25% capacity each night in Tampa. Ooh. So it'll it'll add a little bit to Mania this year. Um, and hopefully next uh next year it'll be full full capacity. Um so let's kick things off, Scott. I know I got you back on the impact train, especially after this pay-per-view. Yeah. What a show this was. It, again, it, anybody who's thinks of impact and like looks down at the product for what it used to be. Um, yeah, don't do that. We <laughs> have, they have a solid product right now. They do. And to think, I almost, I, I almost got pulled away to do something else, and then all of a sudden, like, no, what? Literally, like the eleventh hour, I'm like, no, I want to watch Impact. I just have a feeling, and I'm so glad that I did. I even said that to you, like, get to think, I almost missed the show. <laughs> yeah. So, off the bat, we had a uh, violent by design, you know, Eric Young coming out and fighting and defeating Rhino. Um. Just to kind of like show that this group is dominant, I think they're trying to definitely make them the faces, the face of the heels. If that makes sense, 
Like like just yeah. a strong strong heel faction in the company. Yeah. Um, I believe cousin Jake was out there too when they kicked the shit out of him afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm really looking forward to, and I think you're on the same boat with me. I love when a good heel faction starts. Yes. That might be my favorite start of any faction. I agree. Because, you know, with with good fat, I mean, I can think of a few, but like with the good with with like the face factions, it's kind of like, oh, they're all good guys and they're they're together now. And uh, cool. They're just a, they're a thing. Yeah. Heel factions like they're going to destroy everybody. Yeah. 100 percent. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny because with face factions, you're like, yay, we're all best friends. Let's walk around and be like, yay, we're best friends. Da, 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 da. But heel factions are like, no, look, I don't like how this person looks. Let's punch him in the face. Okay. There you go. It's, yeah, it's just, it's a whole nother dynamic. But it, that being said, when a heel faction is created and they start creating havoc, it's interesting to see the alliances that happen on the other side of the fence. Like, which good guys are, are thrust together to, to take on the heel faction and, and either put them down or get beaten up. And maybe there's a turn with the two you know, the faces. And it's there's always a fun dynamic. And it's just if it's done correctly, it can be some of the best television you'll watch. So, yeah, it goes back to way before the days of the NWO, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, but anyways, I like what's going on here. I'm very curious. I think Scott and I, uh, especially after watching Hard to Kill, they had so much talk of AJPW with uh, Joe Doring being from there, New mm-hmm. Japan. Um, I'm kind of like I was digging up a bunch of stuff, and I just kind of started like Googling, and I'm like, oh, man, I need more. I need more. <laughs> uh, following that, we had the Good Brothers come out and address the tag team division. Um... After their victory with the cleaner, the AW World Heavyweight Champion, Kenny Omega, pretty much saying nobody can, uh, yeah, that they're unstoppable, that they, they're they worth every penny that Impact is paying them. Mm-hmm. And then Chris Saban comes out. They said he wants, they're going to take the titles back. Obviously, um, yeah, he doesn't have a tag team partner right now. No, uh, Alec. No, Alex Shelley's kind of injured at the moment, so yeah. I didn't know where they were going with this, um, and I think part of it has to do with maybe NWA isn't doing so hot right now. But to see James Storm come out and say he's gonna <sighs> team with Chris, ah. Oh. As soon as as soon as I heard Long Necks and Red Necks start playing, I was just like, Wait, "What? No, he's a home." Yeah. Oh, TNA original, James Storm, so good. And that wasn't um, it? That no. It. I know. That's That was like the first surprise of the night. Like, I was thinking to myself, oh, that's great. You know, they have James Storm come back. You know, maybe he signed a contract this time, or maybe it's, you know, a little short-term deal, but whatever. But, yeah, you're right. Keep going. <laughs> so then all of a sudden, and you've probably watched it more so when he was on, but while this was all going on, um, another theme song kicked on, and it was Matt Hardy. But not only was it Matt Hardy, he brought pi- Private Party with him. Oh, man. Scott, Shots everywhere. Shots everywhere. 
we keep using the term long what's 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 the phrase we keep saying um the long game yes they know what they're doing with the long game here and i love it because all of a sudden i wanted all these other people to come out but like no maybe everything's going to happen very slowly mm-hmm. slow burn forever sometimes you know, that's the best I mean, as cool as it would be to see, like, a full invasion, it, it, this is one of those moments where you're just like, we can't have a full invasion. This is great. We, I just want, you know, it's going to, not everyone's going to be rushed at once and all these storylines aren't going to all happen at once. So, yeah, when Matt came out and then they were like, they were talking about how, you know, they were going to win the Impact titles. So, finally, we get our, you know, we get our main event. We'll talk about that in a minute. But then Private Party wrestled on Impact. And it gets interesting. Private Party, I think, might have been a highlight this weekend. Week. We will, we'll discuss that a little further down the road. Yeah. <sighs> Up next, we had Kimberly and Susan taking on Jordan Grace and Jazz. Um, I kind of like... Remember how we were talking a while ago? How um, back in the day, the champion only wrestled or only came out when something big was going to happen. Right. I love how Dina Peraza doesn't wrestle all the time. Exactly. I, love, I think we see Kim, uh, Kimberly closed the show before Hard to Kill, and she wrestled this episode of Impact. Yep. And she looks great. Looks great in the ring. You know, Susan, Susie, Sue Young, whatever you want to call her, <laughs> is great. A little weird. She's like dressed, you know, dressed up in full attire wrestling. Kind of, it's she's she's literally just full Karen as Susan wrestling, taking notes, having her phone out, videotaping everything. It's yeah, it I, I <laughs> it just it speaks to what Sue Young the person can do, and like how she can take on many different roles. So I'm interested to see how long Susan's gonna stick around. But yeah, it should be uh, it should be interesting what happens. Yeah, in this match, I believe they yeah, Su- Susan and uh, Kimberly got the got the win over Grace and Jazz. Mm-hmm. Also, also on top of all this, um, oh, what's his name from Triple XL? Oh, I forgot his name. Oh, Ace Romano. Yeah. He, uh, as we saw during Hard to Kill, he snuck into the knockouts women, the women's knockouts, the knockouts locker room. And he found out who done it, who finally had shot John E. Bravo. This was interesting. This was kind of exciting. Taya. Taya Valkyrie was behind it all. Yep. Taya Valkyrie. Yeah. Yep. She used the cologne. To turn Larry D into Lawrence D. He then shot Bravo. So, yeah. Taya the whole time. Of course, it makes perfect sense because Rosemary is her girl. She never really liked Bravo. So, it makes sense. Plus, this was her send-off. And when we talked about this previously, how I said that on the post show of Hard to Kill, that might have been her last match at Impact. I wasn't a hundred percent sure on that, but when this happened, I was like, "Well, shit, 
Look at that. So now, so, now where does she go? Well, that was my question. Do you know where she's going? Are any rumors floating around? Well, I mean, they kind of said it on the show. If uh, I don't know if you caught it, but they talked about the Jacksonville State Penitentiary. If she's lucky, she'll go there. Or if not, she'll end up going to Stanford, like, uh, Max Security Prison. And when you're up there for a few years, it really changes your life. <laughs> I don't know if you heard Tommy saying that. No, I love that. That bit was his – I was dying. I was rolling. <laughs> it's so good. It's like, yes, the, uh, you know, the little the little slights at both companies. And, you know, it's still <sighs> – but, yeah, um, honestly, she could go to either, but I would assume – She'll go to WWE. She's going to be with her husband. Who's her husband again? John Morrison. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Do you think they? I I almost feel like she could fit in the um. I almost feel like she might be able to fit in the WWE uh, women's locker room right now. If she's on. The same roster as her husband, she'll be instantly. She'll she'll make that division instantly better because we saw her. She's a she's a. I don't I don't know how to say this. Like she's a large woman, like tall, and she's thick, and she's aggressive, and it's she's just not tiny. No, she's not petite. She will tower over people and beat the ever living snot out of them. It's going to be great. And she can perform. Huh? I can feel it in my bones. (laughs) It's just, yeah, I mean, she's a a great wrestler. She can definitely cut a promo. So, yeah, it'll be great to see where she ends up. Either way. And and just just to kind of, like, jump back too hard to kill, um, that wasn't the only person who had their swan song at Hard to Kill. Um, Ethan Page, I guess, has been confirmed. He's no longer with the company. Correct. However, he wasn't too pleased with the way that the that it was cut. The uh, the, the the match was cut. No, apparently the editing he said was very lazy. Um, I actually was able to watch his his first one that he put out. Um, apparently, he had a tweet uh, the very tail end of last year. It was like a, a good eight-minute video of Ethan Page having a little fight with Karate Man, and at the end, Karate Man knew he had to kill Ethan Page, and that was supposed to lead to another video. Apparently, Ethan Page didn't want Karate Man on television at all. He wanted him to just be a YouTube thing, but Impact apparently wanted it. He really didn't have the rights to do much with the video. So I guess that's why he was pissed off that they edited it so terribly in his eyes that it made it look funny. Which you and I were laughing our asses off over it. We thought it was hilarious and that it was we liked we liked it though. There were people that didn't, and obviously, you know, him being one of them. So now I'm like, oh, I wish I could see what he wanted to do, but he even said he'll never he'll never get his hands on the video. So there's nothing that we'll ever see. When it comes to that, so it's unfortunate. Yes, it is. Um, and again, we don't know where he's going, but no, you know, he's, we that's will be another one. An eye on him. Uh, another exciting thing: um, 
Rich Swan uh, and Moose. This is this is a few that's that's going to continue. Um, Very happy about this. Very looking happy. forward to him going after the uh, the championship. Uh, following that, we actually had um, Brian Myers taking on Falaba. Oh, that's because throughout the night, Faya and Flava, the new Knockouts Tag Champions, are going to have a Faya and Flava Fest this coming week to celebrate their victory. Yep. Uh, that'll be interesting. That'll be interesting. Uh, but uh, <laughs> Brian, I, I love. <laughs> sorry, to, sorry to cut you off. I, um, just one little tidbit. I love the fact that they have the different packages. Oh, that's comical. <laughs> And how uh, Nevaeh and uh, Havoc wanted to get the platinum package. She's like, oh, sorry, it's sold out. Then <laughs> we'll get the gold package where you're at ringside. Ah, oh, that one just sold out too. <laughs> how about the silver package? We'll be in the, in the, in, you know, in the stands. Now, ah, oh, that one just sold out as well. But we have one special package for you. It's called the bronze package. Copper package, actually. You know, it's the one where you can uh, watch it from home and you know play with your cat while you you know you watch it on television. I'm like shit. I said, look at that. We all got the copper package. We got. So, th- there was some fire and flavor in that promo. <laughs> um, but this led to a confrontation between Brian Myers and Falaba, mm. um, where they went out to the ring and actually, I forgot how it happened, but Myers defeated. Fala, which is kind of shocking. Yeah, they're really pushing the hell out of Brian Myers lately. I mean, I'm okay with it, but it's still, <laughs> from seeing him lose all the time in WWE, it's really it's really off-putting to see him win all the time now. <laughs> yeah, how much you paying him? <laughs> no, but he's actually he actually really good. I like seeing his character. I, l- I like the like the little offhand like like mumbled comment he made when they're like, "Hey, you want to buy a package?" He goes, "No, I got like two kids. I can't go to that. I'm, I'm, I'm busy." <laughs> oh. oh my god, I forgot all about that. <laughs> but it was the way he presented it. He was just like he wasn't even being like, "Well, I'm not gonna go." He's like, "No, I got kids. I can't. I can't fucking just leave." I'm like, what are you right. talking about? <laughs> so, finally, last not last but not least, we had the main event. James Storm and Chris Saban taken on Private Party. Um, this was interesting because not only do we have new number one contenders who are not signed with Impact, but throughout the match we had Jerry Lynn and Tony Khan sitting ringside. Jerry Lynn, also a former TNA alum. This was a cool match. This was fun. This is exactly what you expected. This yeah. is private parties on their way up to the top. Um, mm-hmm. And it's cool to see James Storm back and Chris Saban to, you know, just shine. Um, so after that, I believe the Good Brothers came out and then everyone just went into a brawl. But at the next paper, the next uh, Impact Plus event, what's it called again? Um, no Surrender. No surrender. They will. Um, there will be no surrender, my friends. Um, private party is taking on the Good Brothers for the titles, the Impact titles. Yeah, what is going a, on, Scott? I don't know. That'll be on February thirteenth, the day before 
Valentine's Day, a.k.a. the next takeover for NXT. So much wrestling. Fortunately, I won't be able to watch the Impact stuff because I don't have Impact Plus, but still. I guess I'll, I guess I guess I'll I'll watch Impact for both of us, Scott. All right. I I appreciate it and I will thoroughly enjoy watching the tweets. Word. So that's Impact. Before we get into AEW, because there's a lot I want to talk about on there. Damn, what a good episode of NXT, my friends. Let's uh yes. let's kick it off. Yes, sir. Continuing coverage. First round of the men's Dusty Cup. And I want to call NXT the night of upsets pretty much across the board. Thinking, nah, there's no way. And then like, what the, what? (laughs) So kicking off our night of upsets, we had Leon Ruff and Kushida get the win over Johnny Gargano and Austin Theory. And if I... Remember correctly, Kushida was the one that pinned Johnny Gargano again. So that that right there is what I'm really interested in. I I honestly thought they were going to go all the way to the finals, and whether they won or not, I don't know. But that was my original call. You're not alone. A lot of people picked them to go all the way. So bracket busting going on real real early on, but. I'm interested in Kushida and Johnny for the North American title because I can fully expect that Johnny or Austin Theory, probably both, are going to cost Leon Ruff and Kushida their second-round match so that way that they can continue their feud. So I'm really excited for that. Uh, Second match of the night, (laughs) probably only the the non-upset, really. Carrying Cross just destroying people. Like I think I, I think he killed Ashanti the Adonis on NXT. I think he did. Like towards the end. And then he chokes out his his friend Desmond Troy as well. It was just pure destruction. And I have to tell you, I don't care how many times I hear his theme. The whole bit with Scarlet coming out, it gives me chills every single time. And I thoroughly love it. <laughs> and the other thing I think that's crazy about the whole thing, too, is the way he comes out. Like, she, you just see, I mean, this time you could see him stand at the ramp, but generally you can't see him. Right. Then all of a sudden, once the fallen prey picks up and it gets heavier, he just, he's in the ring. Yeah, he and just appears. Like, it's like there's a monster that has taken hold of... The arena. Yep. Yeah, it's just, it's so good. Like, the theme is perfect. The lighting is perfect. They are perfect. It's just, it fits so well. And he, they're steamrolling on their way to whoever's going to be champ. And, yeah, it's going to be glorious. I can't wait. I can't wait to see once that gets to its climax. You know what I want? I don't know if it'll happen. What do you want? I want Karrion Cross, and it could be a title match. I don't. I'm not gonna be particular about it. I I kind of want Karrion Cross taking on Walter. Ooh. Oh, ooh, those are some big boys. 
Who would oh. win? Oh, Who I don't. Win? I don't know. Right. Oh. Sorry, I'm just that... planted seeds. But continue. Yeah. <laughs> so continuing our night of upsets, Lucha House Party. Now, Lucha House Party has been getting quite the resurgence as of late. As soon as they got rid of Kalisto, when Kalisto went over to SmackDown, Lucha House Party has been doing some really good stuff on Raw and in NXT. And they continued that by beating Imperium in the first round, which completely threw me off. I never expected that. I mean, no offense to Lucha House Party, but Imperium is Imperium. But... The crazy part about this is once Lucha won, Imperium left they left the ring and they were, you know, obviously distraught and pissed off. Alexander Wolf appears at the top of the ramp. And I'm just like, is Walter near? What's going on? Wolf's been over in Europe since the pandemic started. Now he's here. What's going on? I need to know. I need Walter versus Finn. I need it. You don't understand, Sam. I, I oh, it. I understand. I listen. Look, look, oh. If there's anything I understand, it's how many Walter versus matches we need that haven't happened yet. Oh my god! I just want to hear chest snapping with with slaps and and just ah, God, I need it. Who? All right, Calamity. <laughs> And see. And see, yes. <laughs> Moving <laughs> on. We had our first match in the first ever Dusty Cup women's tag team match, which was – I love that we have the women's tournament. We also found out, I think, earlier in the day on Wednesday that NXT had signed three new talents, and they all will be competing in this tournament as well, Sam. You got those names handy? Um, I don't have all of the names, but the one that comes off the mind... Hold a second. I will pull them up. Um, this is where our, this is where our listenership goes down. <laughs> um, there we go. They signed, and they go under different names now, but I'll go under... Yes. Uh, um, well, Gigi Dolan, who is Priscilla Kelly, Zoe Stark, who is Lacey Ryan, and Cora Jade, who is Alana Black, were all signed. Uh, for those of you who don't know, the one that Priscilla Kelly um, fascinated me because I don't know if Scott, you know who she she is. The name uh, does sound familiar. Well, she wrestled in NWA a couple of times, mm-hmm. and she's been on the Indies. But actually, that is Darby Allen's ex-wife. Funny that you should mention that because Darby actually put out a, a a tweet with her initials and a clap yep. earlier on Wednesday as well. So I was like, "Oh shit, look at that!" So yeah, that's pretty cool. But they'll be competing probably throughout the next couple of weeks. Uh, but in this first match, we had Tony Storm and Mercedes Martinez. You look at them, you, all you think about is just stuff and and, and destruction. <laughs> the stuff will let people just think about what you probably will be thinking about. 
But looking at those two, it's just like, oh, God, they got to run through this whole thing. They face Casey Karen's, uh, Karen's uh, oh, my God, I can't say her last name now, Catanzaro and Caden Carter. Now, those two have been probably two of my favorites to watch. And I want so desperately for them to do well. And son of a bitch, upset stories continue. I don't know what Casey did off the top rope. Some type of like, I don't know, 10.30 with a triple sow cow and some goddamn flippity flaps. I don't know what the hell she did. But she laid out Toby Storm, got the pin, and those two were moving on. I hadn't even watched um, NXT yet while I was, you know, obviously tweeting AEW. Right. And all I saw was your tweet blowing up. What the, <laughs> like, I thought I was like, what the hell was even that? I don't know what she did. Like, she went up the top rope facing backwards. And I'm like, is she going to do some type of, like, moonsault? Yeah, that's what I was thinking at first. And all of a sudden, she just went up. And, like, there were multiple flips. And she landed, like, on her back. Like, it looked kind of awkward. But it was still, like, amazing to see. And even Ricochet (laughs) was just like, what was that? But yeah, they got the pin, and they move on to the second round. So I'm like, let's go. That's fantastic. I hope they win the whole damn thing now at this point. Best part about this whole thing outside of that was we got the return of Io Shirai as she took out Mercedes Martinez. So those two are on a collision course for the women's title, probably at, at, a, at a takeover. So... Ah, it's starting to go. It's starting to form. It's starting to move in the right direction, Sam. This is what I like to see. You like good wrestling, my friend, and this is I do. I do. I really do. Especially when it's women's wrestling, too. It just makes me so happy. It really does. Up next, it's our resident thick boy, Bronson Reed, taking care of business against Tyler Rust. Tyler, though, I got to give him props because he went to um, Mr. Regal's office, demanded a match. Michael Bivens wasn't there yet to tell him Bronson Reed would not be the person to go after. But you got to admire his gumption. He tried. Well, he didn't exactly do well. He lost. But Bivens still pumping him up after the match, saying, it's all right. Just another roadblock. We'll, we'll get over it. It'll be fine. You know, moving to the top. So I, I expect big things from Tyler Rust down the road. Right now, you get those unfortunate growing pains. It's just how it is. And then, Sam, our main event of the evening. That fight pit. Mm. I I love the first one. I would probably say this would be even better. Just Who was in the first one again? Matt Riddle. With uh, Thatcher. That one was good. Like, at one point, uh, Thatcher actually lost teeth in that first match. (laughs) That's how hard Riddle kicked him in the face. This one was just brutal because Thatcher and Champa are just two brutal individuals. Um, Thatcher ends up getting a submission victory because he was able to trap Tommaso's leg in the the crosses of the of the the cage and 
he just had him that, and he had him. Uh, what was it like a? The hell was it? A muffler stretch as well. He had him completely ready to go. Like he could have snapped his leg, but Tommaso tapped out. And he let it go. So I was just like, "Wow, all right." So there's some type of you know respect and compassion between the two. That's 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 cool, awesome. Little did I find out that later that night, Thatcher was going to leave for the night, and they tried to stay. Uh, one of the reporters stopped him to ask him, you know, about the match and and whatnot, and. You know, Thatcher was just like, you know, it was a tough match, but, you know, well, I'm going to go home and, you know, recover, and, you know, you'll see me when I'm back. And before he could leave, Champa kind of strolled up to him and basically just asked him flat, you know, to his face, you had a chance to break my leg after I submitted. Why didn't you? Thatcher just kind of looked at him and goes, respect. Turns to walk away. Champa pauses for a few seconds and goes, hey, I hear there's an opening in the Dusty Classic. Thatcher just turns, looks at him, nods, okay, walks away. Yo. And Regal approved it on the spot when it came to the tweet video that came out. Regal tweeted and goes, well, Tommaso's half right. There was an opening. You guys just filled it. So now I look at this. Here's our winners. Right now, I call it. I will call it. You can you can timestamp this 7:09 p.m. January 21st, 2021. Tommaso Ciampa, Timothy Thatcher will be your winners of the Dusty Cup. I can't I can't argue with that. And then they get a tag team title match against whoever the champions are. These two, just imagine, these two will kill everybody. <laughs> oh, whoever like, it is, they're dead. They're, they're dead. dead. Done. <laughs> There's no stopping this. And I was hoping that something like this would happen because they just, they, they're cut from the same cloth. And it's just, they want to obliterate everybody. And now that they're a team for mutual respect, oh, Sam. Good storytelling. Good storytelling. It's so good. Ah, I loved it. Uh, But yeah, so we'll see. Uh, I I don't know when they're going to be wrestling, but I have have pity on their first-round opponents and every other opponent after that. But yeah, great episode, like you said, of NXT. So I think it's time to flip that channel, see what's happening. It is. We get some. We get some. We had an interesting episode um, this week of Dynamite, per usual. Not a bad episode, you know. It's ups. There's downs. Um, opening opening bout. Uh, we were going to celebrate. They they uh, had a match to celebrate Negative One's birthday. Um, it was the six man, six man, eight man tag match. I believe. Let me double check. It was John Silver, Adam Page, and um, Alex Reynolds? No, it was, yeah, it was an eight-man. Hangman, Silver, Cabana, Reynolds taking on TH2 and Chaos Project. Mm. This was actually quite a quite a lot of fun, especially the way Page came running in and did that flip off, uh, you know, jump off the bat. Yeah, to kick things off. Um, 
I love the support that Brody's family is getting right now. Yeah. It's it's really nice to see, especially with everything with, you know, with negative one and you know, celebrating a birthday and it's it's nice to see they keep him involved. Um, the whole little bit with the papers still being a thing that yeah. There there were some uh there was there was some somebody cutting onions, you know, around me when when yeah, that happened. Fucking was, onions, guys. Stop. So it's the worst. It's the worst. Absolute worst. You guys need to learn when to stop. Jeez, it's outrageous. No respect. No respect uh, at all. So let me tell you, there's something about John Silver though in this whole bit that there's something about him. There is not only is he a great wrestler, but he's incredible on the mic. Especially to, you know, at the beginning. Agreed. You know, he had he has the he had the hype energy of like, oh yeah, we're gonna celebrate your birth. Like, like it was like especially for a little kid, you know, sometimes you can't it's he was just there. And then yeah. The bit at the end where he's like, oh my god, Paige, I'm just a big fan, and you're amazing, and you're big, and you're strong, <laughs> and you're this and that. <laughs> totally fangirled. It was fantastic. <laughs> and then he's like, I can't. And then the fucking music kicks, and the signs oh come god. down. And the... <laughs> he said, yes, no! <laughs> I don't know, there were like people that were dancing coming out. And, just and seen... they were pushing him back in. Like, no. <laughs> Oh, you know, with this, I think this is another one of the one of those long con, not long con, but long game type of things. I, I like when he said I did the group thing before and it didn't work out well for me. The moment he said that, my heart broke, and then I was just like, "But still, now this will give them reason to show them that not all groups are bad when they are one of the bad groups. Are they the bad? <laughs> like, like no, no, they're, they're permanent. They're, Ever since Brody died, they're permanently faces now for the rest of their lives. You cannot turn these guys' heels ever again. It can't. It just it won't work. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they. The unfortunate part is they needed authority figure there, and I think Paige is perfect for it. It just now we need to get there. So that's fine. Now we continue the chase. And sometimes, as we know, the chase is the best part. So we'll see what happens as we get along. Agreed. So following that, we had an interesting match. Um, Cody taking on Peter Avalon. Yes. Actually, before that, the Bucks had a meeting with Don Callis. <laughs> this was fascinating. Oh, that picture. God damn. I'm sorry, that picture. Oil painting, for God's sakes. Actually, Kenny posted it on his, uh, Instagram, I think, today. I can't believe it. I can. <laughs> so, we had that bit, and it sounds like, just to summarize, it sounds like Don Callis is trying to, like, keep Kenny focused and try yeah. to push the bucks away. Focus. We'll, we'll say that with quotations. Yeah, he's trying to completely micromanage everything Kenny is doing. And because he knows the Bucks are smart enough to realize that what's going on. So Don has to do everything he possibly can to remain in control. Keep in mind, one of the best parts about this whole thing, I think. Well, first of all, you know, they kicked his ass. Mm. But it was funny 
when Alex Marvez shows up and he and the Bucks are like that's that's kind of weird that you're just kind of like here, yeah, in his house. And then all of a sudden, you know, Nakazawa comes out, and it's the little things. So yeah. then they finally, like, nope, bring Alex Marvis to the dungeon. He's like, what, the dungeon? He's like, oh, yeah, just like, <laughs> place. And yeah, the camera guy, too. No, keep the camera here. I don't need him taping. <laughs> he leaves it on. I'm like, I'm like, really? I'm like, Don, for someone who's so intelligent, you're pretty dumb. <laughs> but it was, I, it was hysterical. I know, um, he tries to buy off the box. And he's like, we made this much last week. Oh, that's right. You're big merch guys. Oh, that's right. And he writes another check. I'm just like, oh, God. And I'm then like, when wait, he what? sees Kenny in the break, in, in the locker room, Alex Marvez shows up again. I was like, what the, what the hell's wrong with you? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Everything's just a rainbow Marvez. Uh... Now, does this mean, does this affect Kenny's heel character? Or does Kenny actually turn on the Bucks? Because they've been best friends forever. Well, I mean, he's got the good brothers who are clearly in Callus's back pocket. And if Callus is going to continue to, you know, be that invisible hand that's shoved up somebody's butt, he's going to play it the right way. And I, I can honestly see Kenny turning on the Bucks at some point. Yeah. Because I don't think this is the, – there's <laughs> something there's something about this, this run right now that's going to – it's Cretan magic right now. And I don't uh, say that to be like – you know, it, there's just something about this that it, it's perfect. no, I know, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Like, you can look at it and go, Oh, you know, creating magic, you just use it as a loose term, but no, I really I agree with you. I think that this could be something really special as long as they continue to do it the right way, yes. So, up next, we had Cody taking on Peter Avalon, and interestingly enough. Um, the, what's her, what's her name came out? Jade Cargill came out and distracted Cody. Yep. And he almost lost this match. He did. Yeah. It's still trying to figure out. I mean, I know like they have the whole thing with Shaq and I guess next week, Cody's going to address things that Shaq said like months ago. So they're a little off when it comes to that, but I don't know where the end game is with Jade. I understand that we're going to eventually have a Cody versus Shaq match because why else would they bring Shaquille O'Neal out? But I don't know. Maybe the whole Brandy getting pregnant thing kind of threw that into a whole another stratosphere. I don't know. We'll, 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 we'll see. But yeah, I don't know. It's probably, I think that's probably the only storyline in. AEW, I'm just, I don't care for. All the other still, ones have been good. This one, I'm just like, man, whatever. I mean, I'm kind of curious to see what happens when that does happen. Um, but it's funny. I saw something from, uh, I saw a What Culture, uh, What Culture video, and they were talking about, like, wrestlers that, you know, they did, I don't want to say they didn't do anything, but they didn't really have a story in 2020. And they were talking about Brandy. Brandy was number one. And they're like, what has... And it wasn't knocking Brandy. But it was like... It's like, let's look at all the stories that they try to create with Brandy and just became dead ends. Oh, they did that. Yeah, there were a lot. I, I could probably think of uh, three right off the bat. You had the one with Awesome Kong. Yep. Where they were collecting um, pieces of hair. Then you had the Nightmare Sisters, 
where Bunny all of a sudden just decided to go back with her husband. And the Nightmare family, I mean, that one's kind of still going, but I don't know. She just became Cody's wife again instead of being her own entity. I don't know. It's just, I don't know. They're trying. So it's like, all right, whatever, we're going. I think the whole thing with Kong was fantastic, but I don't know what happened. I don't know if Kong got injured. I don't know if she went off to go do the next season of Glow before Netflix canceled it. I'm very angry about that, but I'm going to save that for an episode of OFR because I'm angry about that, Sam. (laughs) Angle was dropped in February 2020 after Stevens went on hiatus to film Glow. Can confirm. Uh, yep. And I wonder I mean, if he's still technically on the roster. Kong? I don't know. That's a good question. But, you know. When, when's it? I mean, a, actually, a good time to bring her back would be now, actually. Just before be Revolution? Great, be a great way to shut up Jade. <laughs> Ooh. Let's see. Let's see. While we're... Speaking of people not on roster, I wonder what Jay White's up to these days. Oh, just chilling, I'm sure. Trying to make his next move. It's, it's See, this is a fun time in wrestling because a lot of big names or bigger names are free agents again. So it's like you got Jay White, you got Ethan Page, you got Taya. It's like, what's going on? Where are they going to go next? Because each one of them can be integral pieces to a company to really either help sustain them, make them better, or just grow a company with. Like, you could slap Ethan Page and Jay White, both in AEW, and off they go. So, who who knows? Like, Ethan White, you know, Ethan Page, Ethan White, Ethan Page can show up, you know, in NWA. Might be a good fit, you never know. It's uh, it's an exciting time. Agreed. Um, and that's why I think this impact thing, I mean, I think the long game is going to come into effect. I, I just, I love the fact that th- th- this is, this is something that I've wanted for so long. And I'm, I'm so happy that they're actually doing it. One of my favorite things growing up as a wrestling fan was either like an invasion angle or companies working together. This now, is the I closest was, thing you'll see to WCW and WWE. Yes, absolutely. 100%. Now, as much as people crapped on the invasion angle, yes, they didn't have the majority of their star power wrestlers during it. But still, for me, growing up, I was a WCW guy. I, I, I discovered them first. Um, and I just, I, and I watched and I loved it and I was more of a nitro guy than a raw guy because I didn't like the campy stuff that WWF was doing at the time. I liked the more realistic, you know, in your face style that nitro was producing. So I watched, but I was one of those people that fateful night when Tony Schiavone said, Mick Foley will be their champion at the end of this night. Now, I was a big fan of Mankind beforehand, but when he said he was going to be champion, you had that, what was it, 400,000, 800,000 people changing channels? I was one of them. 
And I never looked at WCW really again after that. They completely hooked me. So I want to see shit like that again. I want to see I want to see actual invasions and like people you know attacking one another. You know, I think for me the closest thing that kind of happened was the night the man was born. You know, essentially with uh, Rod SmackDown invading one another and the the attacks and shit like that for Survivor Series with that NXT. That was the shit that really kind of was like, yes, I love this. I want this is that is the good shit that Vince McMahon was trying to talk about. That is what we need more of. And now we have these little invasions with with AEW and with Impact, and it further fuels the fire that I think Impact's going to get bought out. And it just, I want something huge to come of this, and I think eventually it's going to happen, and it's going to be glorious, and I cannot wait for it. I want my Monday Night Wars again. I want it, Sam. This is why we do what we do now, Scott. This is why where we're at, where we're at. Oh. Um. Oh, where'd my link go? Oh, okay, there it is. Um, closed it, moron. <laughs> so, <laughs> following that, we had John Moxley had his first match back since um losing the title. I almost actually tweeted that with him on it. I'm like, let me not sound like a douche. So, what I'm like is, hey, it's John's le- first match back since. <clears throat> His title defense. <laughs> because I feel like if I tweeted it the other way, it would have come off like, hey, this is the you know, John, last time John wrestled, he lost. I didn't want to come off like that. So first match <laughs> back. Could... <laughs> um, no, what are you going to say? I was going to say, like, you could have, like, framed it in, like, you know, the first time since he was screwed out of his AEW title. And there are ways. There are ways we can get around this. <laughs> you, you're the man behind the Twitter. That's why. That's why you're good with that kind of stuff. <laughs> but uh, John came back. Um, man, this guy. There was a lot of comparisons to this guy, uh, Nick Camarado. Camarado. I hope I pronounced his yeah. name. I looked at him and immediately I thought Bruiser Brody. Yes, and they even mentioned it too. <laughs> What else? I saw some other comparisons, which I thought were even better than mine, like one of the wild Samoans. Yeah, like taller. It's the hair, the hair, and like the how hairy he was, and everything else. It's just like, did you see Renee Paquette? Uh, Moxley's wife last night tweeted, "Is like, oh man, look at all the hair on that man's chest." I did not see that. No. And then she goes back and she goes, "Oh, I mean." Yeah, you know, she had to clarify it because then she looked back and realized like how much hair on the other guy's chest there was. <laughs> Where is it? I, I do have to read this to you while we're. Uh... Oh, that's funny. Actually, she's going back on to the to WWE backstage. It looks like, huh? I didn't know that. What? No, I didn't. I didn't know that. Breaking news. <laughs> yeah, no, I just came across it. WWE on Fox tweeted her saying WWE backstage is back. Here's our good friend and the host of backstage, Renee Paquette, with all the details. Really? I'm glad that backstage is back because I really enjoy – I really enjoyed that show. Hopefully that means Punk will come back as well. Okay. So uh, – Now you got to be all mm. – I was kind of hoping she would go to like AEW. I think it would be kind of cool hearing her on commentary. Yeah. There's still it's still early. Because and technically backstage that, is not a WWE product. Exactly. 
it is a Fox talent. It's a, a Fox show, so yeah, this could be so interesting. This, so this is what she tweeted yesterday. She tweeted, "Oh, Zaddy has the hairy chest out." And just this girl in a black and white film just like grabs her chest and like falls to her knees into the ground, like in love. <laughs> and following that, like not even like minutes later, oh wait, the other dude is way hairier, like a hundred times more hairy. <laughs> I thought it was comical. I'm like, wow, Renee. <laughs> oh, that's funny. It's funny. Oh, it's... I don't like hairy chests. Eh, we won't get into that. That's a NoFR discussion. <laughs> um, but Moxie got the win by submission. He he looks... Again, talking about somebody who just has this, like, this the, the it look. The it factor. Like, his theme song hits, and it's just like, ugh. It's exciting. <laughs> so up next part two scott part two private party and matt hardy took on top flight and matt seidel top flight and private party were a lot of fun to watch wrestle each other a mm. lot a lot a lot a lot of fun there, there um, was that one awkward botch though which botch was that Oh, I think it was Top Flight. They were trying to do some type of monkey flip into a somersault that completely missed. (laughs) Um, It's been on Twitter. I've seen it at least five times. Um, They're just young kids. They make mistakes. It happens. I actually didn't even notice it during the show, so it wouldn't have been a big deal. The fact that people caught it and threw it immediately online so it kind of makes it obviously glaringly, you know, <laughs> glaringly obvious. But it is what it is. You know, the young kids, they try to time these things. Sometimes it doesn't work. It is. Yeah, calm down. Pump the brakes. People don't need to get all upset about it. But it's kind of like, whoops. Moving on. <laughs> yep. No, but it was good. And I think... They're both definitely going to be tag teams that are going to le- run the division at some point. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, these these will be tag teams, you know, these will be like New Day Usos in a couple of years, in a, well, a few years, and just kind of run, like you said, run things for a while. So, it'll be so good. Let's, let's talk about, let us talk about. The ending of this match. Mm. Where the good stuff happens. Where we see what I believe was a heel turn by Private Party. Oh, oh there's no believing about it, sir. It, it happened, and I'm all here for it. <laughs> so not only do we have a heel turn, they're going after the Impact titles right now. Yep. Where, funny enough, the Good Brothers are also heels. So... <laughs> Hmm. I don't. I don't know what. Uh, what is going on? I don't know. It's just pure madness. It's pure bedlam. That well. set that right up for you. Thank you. <laughs> but I'm just. I was like. I was kind of. This is the. This. I did not think that this would happen even this soon. But then again, the way Matt became like their best friend to like being an asshole that quickly. Yeah. And then them playing that game. There might have been some psychology involved there. Oh, yeah. 
Um, Matt knows. Matt knows what he's doing, and Big Money Matt especially knows what he's doing. So, exactly. So up next, we had the uh, the women's match with uh, uh, Penelope Penelope Ford taking on Leela Hirsch. Um, I love watching Leela Hirsch. I just want to point that out. No, like, she's great. Her matches are yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, I did not mean that. I Wait, did not mean that. That pun wasn't intended? That was perfect, though. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, no, honestly, though, like, with her, like, she, like they said, she's 4'11", but that woman can throw people around. And, you know, no slight to Penelope Ford, but you could tell Layla Hirsch is by far, by far the better wrestler in this match. And the fact that they actually played Penelope perfectly to a heel where Kip had to get involved for Penelope to get the win, it makes Layla look better, makes her look strong, that they had to cheat to win. And it also does keep Penelope kind of strong as well. So, But I like the fact that she's getting more matches on television, not just on Dark. And I think she could be a real player in the future, which is good because if AEW needs anything, it's strong women in their division. And I think Leila Hirsch will be a big player probably sooner rather than later. Yeah. I think she'll have a title shot before we know it. I mean, revolution is next month. It's true. So that's what I love. What I love about AEW is the fact that you kind of forget about pay-per-views until the next one comes up, and then you're like, shit, we got a pay-per-view coming up. Yeah, because it's, it's, like, it's, it's not every month or every two weeks or three weeks. Or, yeah, it's nice. It's, up. Yes, 100%. You know, I have yet to see uh, a terrible pay-per-view come out of AEW. Everything has been good or better. So... I fully expect this one, yeah, I fully expect this next one to be on that same par. So we'll see what happens. Agreed. So following up with that, um, we had the main event, the match to determine who the Inner Circle's tag team partners would be. Oh, boy. Man, everybody here looked phenomenal. First of all, let's, let's, let's make note that Sammy Hagar... So that's a shout out <laughs> to tag team Sammy and Hagar. I love that. That that made that that was that was fantastic. Incredible, incredible. Loved it. Loved it. Um, everyone looked great. Uh, um, um, I love the bit where um, Jericho and MJF they were gonna like cheat, and then like Hagar and I think um, is it Ortiz. They both at separate times noticed that they had the ring and the bat. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was... Hagar looked like a monster in this match, and I was happy to see it, because lately, not so much. This match definitely looked good. Um, I, I really don't want to mention this, but I'm going to anyways. That Lion Salt... That yep, nope, I, saw it. I saw that yeah. one. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he just didn't have enough momentum, but 
that could have been that could have ended real poorly. <laughs> Thankfully, he didn't. I'm pretty sure he still landed on its head. Um, and but you know, but watch next week he'll he'll drop two and they'll be they'll be picture perfect. So <laughs> who knows? Yeah. So when I like the way this match ended, MJF rolled up Guevara for the pin, as expected, um, via the trunks. I think this one was perfect because if there's the if there's any tension that is strongest in in the group right now, it's between MJF and Guevara. Yep. So again, Sammy doesn't look bad because it was kind of like a cheap win. MJF right. looks like MJF. Yep. You know, you know that's where the crack is. Oh, absolutely. And, practice between those two. Yeah. And it's funny because I think my my thoughts on Inner Circle are starting to shift a little. Yep. Um, I still think MJF is eventually going to kick out Jericho because if you remember, earlier in the night they had that little meeting with MJF going to talk to the rest of the Inner Circle saying that, you know, Jericho Jericho shouldn't have had this match happen, but he's a leader, so we'll you know we'll do what he says. That's that little undermining right there starting to work in. And I part of me feels that I think now Sammy is gonna go with Jericho. And we may have the sex gods again as an actual team, but the rest of the inner circle is gonna stay with MJF. Because they all seem to be cool now, besides Sammy. Sammy's the only one that's holding out. Obviously, after after Wednesday, that's not gonna that's not gonna change. If anything, it'll probably get worse. So yes, um, yeah. So a great episode. Also, kind of forgot to mention we had the uh, moment with Darby and Sting. That's the other yeah. thing I was thinking about. So yeah. just to summarize, it's confirmed. Scott next month. February 27th, Revolution, Team Taz, Brian Cage, and Ricky Starks are taking on Darby Allen and Sting in a street fight. There it is. Sting is back, baby. There it is. There's the match. Do we see a stinger happen? Uh, Probably not. But I'm excited. Hopefully. Well, it's a a street fight. So I've, I've seen how these things go now. As these wrestlers get older, they stop doing traditional matches, and they just stick with street fights or no-holds-barred matches or whatever. You know, perfect example, Triple H. All of his matches that he has now, they're all street fights. No-holds-barred matches. Taker did the same thing pretty much towards the end of his run. I like it. It's good because they're just like, oh, we're just going to go out there and kick each other's ass. We don't have to have headlocks and drop toe-holds and you know, shit like that. We could just beat each other up with chairs or baseball bats or sledgehammers or whatever. Which I like is fine. It. You know, it happens when I, it happens over I, time. I, older. Yeah. You know, father time stops for nobody. Except Tom Brady for some ungodly reason. But you know, that's, that's, that's another thing. We won't talk about Cleveland because that still hurts. But <clears throat> it, was, it was fun while it lasted. But it was. We're on to next season. <laughs> Guys, do not forget, next week, go-home show for the 2021 Royal Rumble. 
We'll be giving you our picks. We will be watching. And if you don't already do so, please follow us at Twitter at Medias underscore Bedlam. You can find myself as the SLB official and Scott as Scotty J Stream. We are on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Bedlam Media. You can find us on all streaming formats, excluding Pandora. If you are listening to wherever you listen to your podcast, please let us know. If you cannot find us, we will try to get ourselves on there. This has been the Fallout from Impact Hard to Kill. There's an impact going on wrestling. Please, guys, follow us and do not forget to join the Bedlam. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.